Wonderful to be together. Celebrate Jesus, right? I was thinking for all you ones who were joking in the back, you couldn't see the screen because of the tree. I love that sometimes Jesus is inconvenient for us, like a Christmas tree in the middle of the screen, all right? So um, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 1 through 21, and we're, we're titling this message this morning, Joyful Expectation. Um, what a joy it is really to celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? You know, that's what Christmas is about, right? It's about Jesus. It's about this baby that was born, right? Um, this joy, this salvation that was born into the world 2,000 years ago. Um, and it's, it's news that is too good not to share, right? Isn't it, it, isn't it transformational news? Isn't it, isn't it life-changing news? This, this baby Jesus, right? He came as a baby he grew into a man. He is God, right, in the flesh. He lived a perfect life, died on a cross for us so that we might have the joy of knowing him now and for all time, right? That we get to experience him here on earth, but we get to experience him even greater when we spend eternity in heaven with him, right? Outside of pain and disappointment and all of those things, we get to be in the glory of the Lord, and isn't that worth celebrating not only today, but every day, right? Jesus. I am so glad that Jesus is in my life. And I know for many of us in this room, you feel the same way. That we would be utterly lost without him. That we would be like sheep without a shepherd. That we would be alone without his comfort and his protection, right? That he alone is good and brings blessings into our lives. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift in our life comes from the Father of lights, right? Comes from God, right? And I am so filled with joy just thinking and talking about how good our Jesus is, right? How many of us would say that's true of us? That we are so filled with joy just thinking about how good Jesus is. Even when we're not good, He is still good to us. Don't you love that? Even when we don't do the right things, he is still good and wonderful to us. And we're going to read about that this morning as we talk about this joyful expectation. I hope that today we all sense the presence of the Lord as we're here, as we gather together, and that we're filled with his vast joy. That we leave this place overwhelmingly filled with the joy of the Lord. And this isn't because of great music or, or some fantastic message or, or a great cup of coffee or hot cocoa or cider or a really good donut that we picked up this morning, right? As wonderful as those things are. But it's because we have a Savior Jesus that 2,000 years ago brought this joy and still brings joy right here and right now in this place with us. So let's dive into this passage together. I'm going to have Pastor Karen Sweat come up and she's going to read this to us. Uh, verses 1 through 21 of Luke chapter 2. And, uh, and then we'll dive in to the passage together. Technology. Yeah. Chapter 2, verse 1. 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which was just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Thank you, Karen. So we pick up the story at the beginning of Jesus' human life, right? Not the beginning of his life. He's always existed, right? with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. God has no beginning and no end. How, how that makes sense in my little small human brain, it doesn't, but it, it is the truth, right? But his, his human life here on planet Earth, his parents were on their way to Bethlehem to be a part of the Roman census of the time. Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents, were, were not yet married, but they were, they were pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. They staggered into town, tired and hungry and ready to get some rest. Yet all the lodging was full. All they could find to get some sleep and have a baby, right? Imagine that. Was a manger where the animals were kept. It was stinky and uncomfortable and certainly not sterile in any way. Yet it was better than nothing, right? In that very cave which is what they believe this manger probably had was, 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 a, was a cave that was hollowed out of a, a mountain. 
Jesus, the Savior of the universe, was born. And there was no great fanfare. There wasn't a parade in the streets, right? They weren't ready with the streamers and the balloons and and all of the things of the time. It was a humble beginning to the most impressive and important life in human history. It reminds me of the book of Zechariah, which many of us may not even know that's a book in the Bible, but it is. Chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Do not despise small beginnings, right? Isn't this the ultimate small beginning? Born in a manger with no fanfare or, or parades or any of those types of things. The, the kings were not coming to, to bow at Jesus's, uh, Jesus's first bed there. He was born simply. And I love how God uses simple people like Mary and Joseph and, and even Jesus to do extraordinary things in the world, right? Don't you love that? Even you and I can be used by the Lord to change the world. How that makes sense, I don't understand, right? Why Jesus would pick me and he would pick you. It doesn't make any sense. Why he would pick the 12 disciples he would go on to do his ministry with, right? None of them were qualified in any sort of magnificent way, right? They weren't the best and the brightest and the smartest and the richest and all of those things. Yet, The Lord uses us and used them and and used Mary and Joseph and and used the son of a carpenter, right? How amazing that is. And after the birth of Jesus, the story says that the angel of the Lord appeared to some lowly shepherds, again, using the unusual, who were tending their sheep outside the city. Remember, do not despise small beginnings. I love how the Lord didn't just go tell the kings and the rulers and the religious leaders of the time first. Instead, he shared the good news with people who did not have the best reputation, who did not have the greatest standing in society. These were not, again, the best and the brightest. They were lowly shepherds tending most likely the flock of the temple or the flock that would be used for the sacrifices outside the city. They were nobodies, but they were important to the Lord. One theologian says it this way. God, to show that he respected not persons, revealed this grand mystery to the shepherds and the wise men. One poor, the other rich. One learned, the other unlearned. One Jews, the other Gentiles. One near and the other far off. The message of the good news is for all of us. Nobody's excluded from the message of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what life you've lived. It doesn't matter if your your life looks good or it looks horrible. It doesn't matter if you had certain parents, if you were Jew or Gentile or wherever you came from. The message of Jesus is for all of us. And it was at the very beginning. It was for all of us. Aren't you glad that none of us are excluded? From the message that Jesus proclaims, this good news. In verses 10 and 11, I love how the angels proclaim to these lowly shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news. Great joy for all people. That was the message That was proclaimed. That is what Jesus 
was here for. He is the Savior. He is the joy giver. And He is for all people. Jesus was not just a reformer. He was not just an advisor. He was not a committee. He was a Savior that came down to earth. He was not just a good person for us to emulate our lives after. We didn't need another good person. We needed a Savior who would come wash all of our sins clean and rectify our relationship with the Father and bring us back into relationship with God. That's what we needed. Jesus knows that we are broken and flawed people. He's not surprised by our failures. He knows that we fall and mess things up. Many of us probably on the way to church this morning could tell you five stories of how we messed things up, right? Maybe we honked at that person who was stopped at the stoplight, or maybe we did something else. I won't get into that. (laughs) But Jesus knows that we are far from perfect. That does not surprise him. Remember, he made us. And he was there in the beginning when we first sinned. He's not surprised by it. And so he knows in the midst of that, in the midst of our need, in the midst of us feeling alone and exhausted by life, in the midst of our pain and our frustrations, in the midst of our depression and our anxiety, he wants to be our joy and our salvation. Right. He wants to rescue us from our sins and our failures. He wants to turn our hope, our despair into hope. He wants to provide for all that we need. And he wants to lead us into eternal relationship with himself. Right. When we come to know Jesus, we get to have a relationship here and then we get to prepare for relationship in heaven. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome that the Lord, he walks with us and he is with us all the time? That there's no place that we can go and get away from God, right? That when we come to know Christ, his his spirit dwells within us. And wherever we go, he is there with us. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus, he wants us. He came for us. And he loves us greater than anyone else on planet Earth could love us. The scripture says that that he was born to us, to us, for us and to us. He was born to us as a gift that was given. Right. And we don't need to straighten up and fly right. Right. To receive this gift. We don't need to get our act together because the truth is we can't. We are incapable of getting our act together. That's why we need Jesus. All we need to do is accept this free gift of salvation that only he can offer. Right. Isn't that wonderful that it's really all about what he does and all we have to do is say yes to Jesus. A pastor we used to work for, he used to say, all you have to do is give God permission in your life to be God, to be king, to be savior. All you have to do is 
is turn over the keys to the car of your life. And he takes over and he, he drives, right? Hand over the keys to your house and you let him in, right? And then he doesn't leave. He's like the visitor that doesn't get the hint that it's time to head home, right? He sets up in your guest room and he never leaves your whole life, right? He's the one who just, he doesn't stop calling you, right? For the millennials in the room, he calls you. He doesn't text you. It's like, how annoying is that, right? He's always with us. And when we allow him permission in our hearts, our mourning is turned into joy. How many of us would say that God has done that for us? Our pain, physical and spiritual and emotional, right? The things that we've gone through, he heals those things, right? And not necessarily overnight for all of it, but he spends our life healing and restoring us and working in us, right? Remember, he's the guest that never leaves. He lives in our heart and he mends us. He gives our lives meaning and purpose where we feel aimless, We know who we belong to. We know whose family we're a part of. And maybe some of us in this room, we don't like the earthly family that we were born into. We wish we could have picked somebody else, right? And maybe some of us have wonderful families, but we get this beautiful family that we get to be a part of. And God is our father, the perfect father. And that word love It doesn't mean that twisted, distorted thing that the world has made it to be. It's a pure and beautiful love that we could never describe or understand in in a human way. But it's this amazing thing that God begins to do in our lives, right? Our fear is turned into confidence. Our solitude is turned into connection with God, right? We're no longer alone in our moments. God is there with us. This is the message of Christmas. The Savior of mankind came as nothing to bring good news and great joy to all people. That's a good story if I've ever heard one, right? Even better than those Netflix Christmas movies that we all watch together, right? Better acting as well. And the shepherds in Luke 2, they got to experience this firsthand and it changed everything. It says when they heard the message from the angel, first they were probably, they were terrified, right? Angels are not little chunky babies, right? They're they're pretty powerful beings, right? And so we probably would be terrified also in that moment. But but they the angels settled the It's okay. It's all right. You're going to be all right. Stop hiding behind that rock over there. You can come out. I got a good message for you. I promise. Right? But it says that when they heard this message, they immediately went to see for themselves. Right? Wouldn't wouldn't you go do that? Oh, the Savior's here. Right? We wouldn't just say, oh, the 49ers are on TV. I'm going to go watch that, I think, instead. Right? No, they went to that manger to see Jesus. And they saw him, verse 16, with their own eyes, and they were amazed. Even as a baby, Jesus was amazing, right? I mean, babies are pretty amazing, but he was even more amazing. 
baby. Then in verse 18, they shared the good news with all the people that they knew. So they they went, they saw, and then they were so amazed that they had to share with every living, breathing person that was within a five-mile radius of them what they had experienced. And then they worshiped God for all that he had done, right? I'm sure that they just, I, the picture I imagine is just like falling on your face before the Lord, that they had seen God with their own two eyes and they were thankful. And isn't this how it works when we allow Christ into our lives? He's so powerful and amazing and awe-inspiring. Even as a baby, he's utterly remarkable, And when he gets a hold of us and comes into our lives, he makes us want to tell everyone that we know how good he has been to us, right? This experience, I, I went to camp and I met Jesus. I went to church and God was there, right? And we want to tell everybody that we know. These shepherds were the very first missionaries that were ever sent out. Very first. And they went out and told everyone they knew. They wouldn't shut up about Jesus, right? I love that. And for those of who know God and what he can do, um, it's tough not to want to tell everybody we know, right? Because it's so amazing, this relationship that we have. He really is that good. He's that good in our lives. And so where do we go from here? What what do we do with this good news? I'm going to have the worship team come on back up. I want us to close our eyes and bow our head for, for just, a, just a, a holy moment here as we look to respond to Jesus together, respond to this story in Luke 2. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and, and maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you've never met this Jesus. You've never given him the keys to your life. You've never given him permission. Or maybe you've heard of a God who wants to punish you or hold you down. He's just looking to get you when you do something wrong, right? Well, that's not who God is. He is a good God who wants good things for all of us. And this morning, the Lord wants you to know that he has all good things for you and I. And he wants to welcome you into this loving family. He wants to pour his joy and his goodness and his mercy and his love and his kindness and his salvation upon you. And it's free. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. Even if you wanted to, it's not that way. And all it takes is for you to say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart and dwell with me. It's a huge step. It changes everything. But if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray over you. If you've never met Jesus, I don't want to leave this space without giving that opportunity. I see your hand up front. Anybody else? Jesus, I thank you for this young man, Lord, that is welcoming you into his life this morning. And his prayer is, Jesus, I need you. I need your love and salvation in my life, and I cannot do this without you anymore. And so, Lord, I give you permission to be my Savior and my good news this morning. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And for those of us 
who already know the Lord. This message should move us to be like the shepherds. Let us not be silent about what Jesus has done for us. Let us not keep the good news and great joy to ourselves. They didn't just go back to their house and hide it there. They took it to whoever would listen to them. Let us be a people who share the gospel with whatever ears are out there. This is our challenge this morning, church. Let us not remain silent about the greatness of our Savior. Let us tell everyone who will listen about Jesus. We're going to finish with one last song this morning. I've asked a few folks to come pray um, for anybody who has a need for anything. If you have a need for healing or, or you have a need for anything in your life, there'll be some men and women up front that would love to pray with you and pray for you. I'm going to close this out in prayer and then hand it back to Gregory. Jesus, we thank you for this message of good news. We thank you, Lord, that it is good news every day. It's been good news every day from from the point when you did it 2,000 years ago to today to tomorrow to the next day to the next day. It never stops being good news. And so, Lord, remind us of what you've done in our lives. Remind us of the joy that you've brought us. Remind us, God, of all the things that you do for us every day, God. From the point when we met you to the point when we go to be in heaven with you, God, you are blessing us overwhelmingly, God. Let us not remain silent about the message that you've given us. Let us be like the shepherds, that we would want to go see it, that we would see it and be amazed, God, that we would go and tell everybody that we know, and that as we do that, we would worship you with all of who we are and all of what we have, God. And we would see great fruit and fruit that remains. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me and we'll finish with a song of worship. And if you have a need for anything, please come on up front and receive prayer.